Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Bloody Podcast. As you may have noticed, we are transitioning to becoming a bi-weekly podcast. We love doing the show and want to be able to produce a quality episode every time. We hope to come back to weekly episodes in the future, but need to devote some of our time and resources into other parts of our life for now. $5 Patreon members will still receive monthly content, and those on the $10 tier will still have a full exclusive episode every month. Thank you for loving true crime with us. We love you too. Hello, this is Bloody Podcast. I'm Laurie Roddenkamp, joined as always by my co-host, Mia Felix, and our resident guest, Cash Abdumalik. Hello. Oh, hi there. Hi, everybody. Uh, so today, I bring you the story of Stephanie Lazarus, Lady Cop. Boo. Ooh. Stephanie Lazarus attended UCLA beginning in 1978. I don't know why I didn't say anything about the boo. I should have commented on the boo. It is a boo. The blue? Boo. Is she, like, never mind. The boo? Like Malibu? You just said boo, right? Oh, boo, yes. Yeah. You just booed. Because she's a, well, she's a lady cop killer. Yeah. Yes. Lady cop yeah. killer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Steph, okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> boo, like Malibu? <laughs> Babe, do you want to go to Malibu? That is a California thing to say. Yeah, it is. No, does, oh, we, God, I would love if people called it the boo. the boo. Are we starting to call it the boo? We yeah, are sure. calling it the boo. Oh, are you from the boo? Uh, I spent time with the boo. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I'm boo adjacent. Oh, uh, tight. <laughs> That's lit. That's lit. That's lit. <laughs> okay, okay. So we are in L.A. for this story. So yeah, uh, good segue. Right. Yeah, pretty sweet. Um. Stephanie Lazarus attended UCLA beginning in 1978, and she lived her best college life in the dorms, where she did the college thing and dated around some. She even had probably a, had sex with women a couple probably, of times. Probably. I mean, it's yeah. the 70s, baby. It's yeah, man. 70s. That's the Lazarus effect. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what she said after... <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> That's Lazarus effect, baby. And then she runs out of the room. Yeah. Yeah. Throws her cigarette, runs out of the dorm. Fully naked. Yeah. She even had a quick relationship with a guy named John Rutten. I think I'm saying that right. John Rutten. R U E T T E N. And Stephanie and John remained good friends through college. And kept in touch after they graduated. You know, they stayed in the area. So they were just, you know, friends after college. Casual fuck buddies. A little, yeah. You could assume, right? Mm -hmm. After UCLA, Stephanie went into the police academy. And John would go on to pursue jobs in engineering. But, like I said, both remained in L.A. John was said to be easy to like. He was charming, talkative, and smart. Soon after graduation in the summer of 84, John met the love of his life. He met the beautiful and brilliant Sherry Rasmussen. Sherry had begun attending Loma Linda University at the age of 16 and graduated with a degree in nursing. Wow. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. 
Loma Linda is a, primarily a nursing school. Mm. So she traveled to different universities to give lectures on critical care nursing. And at 27 years old, was the director of nursing at the Glendale Adventist Medical Center. Hmm. Wow. She's and that's pretty young. crazy that at so young she knew she wanted to be a nurse. Right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. I would say the smartest uh the smartest nurses like know that it's almost better in some ways to be a nurse than a doctor. Like to 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 pursue your nurse like what is that called when you're like a um like the highest of nurses? Oh, um head nurse or chief nurse? It's like a specific um, it's nurse like practitioner? Start, what? Nurse practitioner. I think that's it. Yeah. Which is like a, a yeah. hybrid of like a nurse and a doctor, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. like a nurse gets more freedom in certain ways. I think. Mm-hmm. Really, well, I mean, it's like it's one of those things where I feel like you have to know a, you have to know a little bit about like doctors can be kind of, you know, very specific, right? And mm-hmm. I think nurses you have to know a little bit about everything. Yeah, like it's like they have to be you have to be so much more like knowledgeable about different things. Yeah. yeah. And I could be totally wrong. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a doctor that's going to be like, "Excuse me, um, actually." Well, I mean, every doctor, male doctor, every doctor does that. Yeah. Every doctor's like, ah, "Actually," <laughs> so the two, of the, so her and John met and fell for each other, uh, and they became inseparable after a while, and then got engaged. So, like typical love story, they were set to be married in November of 1985. And we're already moved in together into a condo at Van Ni- in Van Nuys. Yeah, that's it. That, Van Nuys is the valley, right? That's good. It yes. certainly is. Yes, sure. uh, okay. I should clear. Yeah, I should clarify for out of towners. Van Nuys is still in Los Angeles. It's in the San Fernando Valley. Yeah, it's not great, but it's Van Nuys. There yeah. used to be a family that we would visit all the time that lived in the valley, and they made their own soda, like they made their own pop. Ooh. You know, and so, and they would call it pop. They, that would be like the only time that I would ever hear anyone refer to sodas and be like, oh, we, we make our own pop. So then I always just assumed that the valley was just like very like, oh, we make our own soda. <laughs> like, uh, that was my attitude towards the valley it's a big, for a very long time. It's a pretty big suburban area. Van Nuys is yeah. more of a suburb slash industrial area, mm-hmm. depending on the oh, area okay. of Van Nuys you're in. My dad, my dad would always be like, you know, when like you have like, like a guys always try and show off their new thing. Like they're like, oh, I got a soda ma- making machine. Yeah. And you always, and my dad be like, you know, he'd be like, oh, let me show you how to do it. And he turn on the soda machine, he pour in the stuff. And my dad be like, I could, you know, in 10 seconds, I can just go to my fridge and grab a soda. So <laughs> it's like, you know, he, he's brimming with jealousy. <laughs> like, just, I have friends like, like that. I, 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 would... I had friends like that. I would I would bet that John would be would be into the soda machine. Yeah. I would, I would, he's an engineer. So <laughs> I think he'd like it. Yeah. So uh so they have their condo in Van Nuys. They don't have soda streams yet because it's 1985. And things for the most part seem to be going great except for one little stain. Mhm. Sherry had been getting calls. She told her parents and her close friends that she also had noticed someone following her. The people calling her were like, um, calling her and then hanging up. By the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> <And> <laughs> she could be like, yeah. Hello. At least you bitch. 
Hang up. <laughs> at least for at least for they think it was silent and then it moved on to yeah, calling her calling oh. her names and threatening her. You bitch, you slut. <laughs> Have you ever done a prank phone call? I when I was a kid I used to and that was basically how I would I'd be like, uh, uh, you're a stupid idiot. <laughs> Just hang up the phone. <laughs> yeah, I remember doing those. <laughs> Just imagine this yeah. adult person going like, uh, uh, fuck you, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so that started happening. And then she started having multiple run-ins with an ex of John's. Who is now a cop, a lady cop? Oh, that's funny because what's her name is as a cop in an ex yeah, of John's. Exactly, but uh, she didn't know. She didn't know her name, or she she knew her name. She must have known her name. No, strike that, strike that. But for some reason, she like um would not mention the name to her friends and family because she's a cop. Huh. Um, at least she just kept referring to her as lady cop. Or, like, the dad really called her like a lady cop. And, like, she would be like, there's this ex who's a cop. And, no, no, no. Um, so, anyway. Lady cop. <laughs> yeah. oh. So, the harassment seemed to have started not long after her and John announced their engagement. And when Sherry first told John about the harassment, he kind of just brushed it off. Stephanie... Even showed up at their condo one of these times, and unannounced, with her fucking water skis, and she was like, "Oh, I'm dropping these off for John to wax them for me." Bitch, get the fuck out! Of here. Yeah, <laughs> that's fucking insane. Because like so- that, <laughs> it's very specific. Apparently, John was known to like maintain like sporting goods <laughs> for people i don't like act like so it wasn't that out of context but like it's very specific to be like oh hi yeah i'm just dropping these off for john insert the talking head john was very well known for greasing and oiling a lot of sports supplies <laughs> if you know what i mean and i mean exactly what i'm saying <laughs> oh my god that's nuts. And also, John should have, if she was like, yeah, your ex is fucking with me, John should have been on that like a fucking dart. Because that's, yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. Well, that's I part mean, of it. Again, we're going to come up with, I think we come up with this a lot in this podcast is, I think this is just, you know, misogyny. He doesn't feel like this woman is a threat because he doesn't view women as threats. He views and, them as, you know, docile that's, creatures. That's crazy. You e- know, everyone he, is a threat. Yeah, who could who can't do any harm? Oh, she she's just you know she's just being extra. No. You know that's fine. She'll we'll get over it. You'll get over it. You know. I'll mention this later on too, I, or I was going to mention it more. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, Sherry is known to everyone for having a or not Sherry Stephanie is known to everybody for having a bad temper. She just like she's like really jovial, but like everybody knows that she like when she's because she's a fucking t- cop. Mm-hmm. When she turns, she turns, and it's like insane. So like John is not unaware that he that she is hot tempered. Even worse, okay. even worse. Yeah. 
Um, which is so funny because so I I have a family friend who's married to this guy, nicest guy in the world, very funny, very kind, just like an all around nice guy. And he, for the longest time when he was younger, wanted to be a police officer. I never wanted he, to be a cop. What are you talking about? Boy. <laughs> 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 His his name was Smash Mousrum Smash Rex. <laughs> it's really hard to pronounce. Yeah. Um, and he he kept going for the exam, and they kept telling him your temperament is not what we want. And now, and at the time, we're like, I mean, does he have like some deep seated rage that we're not knowing about? And so now I think that the reason why is that he was too even killed because <laughs> yeah. the police officers I mean are like a hair's length away from just going full like shit show so they probably were like this guy's not freaking out about nothing Mm -hmm. well he can't work on the police force (laughs) bro you are far too chill (laughs) yeah well i mean stephanie stephanie fit the bill so anyway sherry and john like are arguing about these fucking water skis and she's like, don't fucking wax them. And he's like, uh, he does it. He does it. He ends up waxing them, even though she's like, you shouldn't fucking wax them. This guy's a fucking idiot. So, Babe, of course, the wood will cre- will crease and then the skis are like unusable. It's like, I, I'm I'm not doing it for her. I'm doing it for the good of skiing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. Beyond that, like, Sherry is, you know, actively complaining about Stephanie. But John tells her that they should just ignore Stephanie and what she does. Like, she's trying to get a raise out of them, basically. And eventually she'll go away. And that's the end of the podcast. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thanks, guys. I got some stuff to plug. (laughs) (laughs) This didn't sit right with Sherry, but there was little she could do at the moment, she felt. Shortly afterwards, Sherry felt she couldn't even go to the grocery store without running into a hostile or territorial Stephanie. Like, now the lady's just patrolling wherever Sherry goes. It's super bizarre. My God. And on top of that, Sherry was feeling like she was being followed by somebody, quote, dressed like a man. Is what she would say, which is very specific thing to say. Which like it's just a la- it's a lady. Just say it's a lady. Yeah. Real quick, I just want to say in my head, I'm a mad because it's 1984, 1985, uh, in the summer, and I think this is when Police Academy came out, and she was at the Police Academy. So now I'm just imagining the Police Academy music as she's talking this girl, <laughs> and it's really entertaining in my head. So every single time you guys imagine when she's hunting her, just imagine. Just the police academy theme, and you'll enjoy the story so much more. I'm sorry, go back to it. Great. <laughs> and what's his face is doing like sounds in the background. Yeah, Michael Winslow's in the house. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, I didn't really love Police Academy. It's not great. It's not great. So, like, every time somebody references them, I'm like, yes, mediocre movie. Totally mediocre movie. (laughs) I'm only in this because you mentioned Police Academy in 1984. I know. Well, it's always just, like, in people's, like, zeitgeist. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. (laughs) There wasn't a lot going on during that time. There was a lot going on. November 1985, uh... The Night Stalker had just been caught in the summer. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. that's a big one. Mm-hmm. That's L.A. too. 
Yeah, that's of, the biggest thing I could think. A lot of music and metal. Was a lot of music. Like, yeah, yeah. She told her bestie Jane that the person that was following her had crazy eyes that she felt looked into her soul even from afar. Which, if you take a look at Stephanie, it's not <laughs> that she has crazy eyes. She looks, she looks aggressive. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Stephanie. Eventually did come back to the house for her skis, again, unannounced. Sherry handed over the skis to Stephanie herself and then was like, you can leave now, you know? But she didn't, like, push it beyond that. Mm-hmm. She, that was, like, it, anyway. Which for is, like... Reason, I just always imagine that Stephanie has the, uh, pl- her police uniform on. Every, she does. Every single time. She's, even when she's picking up her skis. Yeah. <laughs> her police uniform yeah. on. Yeah. She does most of the time. Yeah. She does most of the time. <laughs> she had her police uniform on, full gun out, which is probably part of the reason where, like, where, like, that Sherry's like, well, what can I fucking do? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's a cop. If I make a single move, she can shoot me. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so like that that ski exchange happens and it's awkward and terrible and she's still following her around town. Um and then actually she showed up right after that again uh in full police uniform and she was just like, "Oh, uh I was just stopping by to say hi to John." And like normally it was like in the, the middle of the afternoon, so normally John would be home. And Sherry would be gone. So it made Sherry really paranoid. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Sherry told her dad, Nels Rasmussen, about this instance and about all the other instances, of course. And, like, this was the first time that he really just saw her cry. uh, Because she doesn't cry often. I guess geniuses don't cry often. Is that true? Am I making that a terrible stereotype? If that's the case, I'm a real idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm emotionally smart, but uh, not, not actually <laughs> smart. Yeah. Um, no, I think that, well, I think like a certain level of genius, you kind of are more of a rational person. So crying is not necessary. So you are not as in tune with your emotions. Right. Well, I think she was in tune with her emotions. Uh, I think I'm really just making, I, I didn't read that anywhere. I'm making it up. It is pointless to cry. But thank you for trying to justify it. <laughs> she was crying and she was considering canceling the wedding that was only weeks away now. Which, you know, like <clears throat> Nels wasn't totally opposed to. Like he wasn't a big fan of John. He would later say he thought that John was weak and could do better. Because John came off as weak just in general. And then also now that he was not doing nothing to stand up to Stephanie... He saw, he know, he just yeah. really didn't like John. Yeah. Yeah. The guy's like a, you know, I mean, he, he, it seems to me like he just doesn't care. Yeah. You know, he's a ski waxing punk. Yeah. He's just like, I got my own shit going on. You deal with your stuff. But also it's like, I don't know. What other I, stuff is going on? <laughs> you know, it's your wife. Like your wife. what's happening? <laughs> no, I know. But that's what I'm saying is that he's probably like, you know, we, we, you, you take care of your stuff. I'll take care of my stuff. And it's just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. they would end up going through with the wedding, but not without one more hiccup. Stephanie showed up at Sherry's work at the hospital. 
This time she was wearing like tight shorts and a tube top. So it was like obviously her day off. And she stormed past the secretary into Sherry's office. There are two accounts of what was said in that room. But Sherry's account of what was said remains only in the small pieces of information she told her friends and family. Sherry's bestie, Jane, remembers Sherry told her that John's ex-girlfriend had come to her office at the hospital dressed provocatively. So we all know that's true. She was wearing her <laughs> police uniform with a couple buttons undone. <laughs> um, her father said that Stephanie confronted Sherry about John and said that if she couldn't have John, nobody could. According, also according to Jane, Stephanie drove her point home by telling Sherry that if, quote, this marriage doesn't work out, I want you to know that I'll be waiting to pick up the pieces. Damn. A thirsty bitch. That's fucking scandalous. Yeah. But also, who is John that these two women are so, like, committed to being with? I mean, it's like, you know. Bro, you're just an engineer from Van Nuys. Yeah. (laughs) I worked in a Boeing once. (laughs) Who waxes skis as a hobby, you know? Yeah. Like, like... (laughs) I just, I wish that like a best friend or somebody in in her family would have been like, you know, we're getting you out of that house and you're coming to live with us. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let's, let you know, John's a loser. Like, let's get, let's figure this shit out. Yeah. He's really not that great. He's he doesn't not. seem yeah. that great. Yeah. Especially when like one of the things that is portray- said about you is that you're weak. I'm like, that sucks, man. Yeah. Like, if people can kind of tell that right off the bat, it's like, oof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's probably <laughs> one of those guys who, like, orders fries for the table, but then doesn't pay for them. Ugh. You know? He's always like, <laughs> oh. Totally. Like, what an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Leaves the dinner early because he's, yeah. he's got to go walk his dog. <laughs> yeah. Who also sucks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that confrontation happened. And the couple continued to settle into married life afterwards. And and it seems that after that, they got a couple of weeks of peace from Stephanie. Then on Sunday, February 23rd, the couple went to a movie. Uh, And then that night, Sherry talked about how she was considering calling in sick because she didn't want to teach the class that she had the next morning because it was like one of those ancillary classes that she was just forced to put as part of her rotation Mm -hmm. Um, and she thought it was a pointless class so the next morning as john left for work sherry was still in bed and she hadn't made up her mind about whether she was going to go to work or not john called sherry around noon to see if she had gone in but there was no answer and the answering machine wasn't on so both of those things weren't that particularly weird. But then what's interesting about this is that John, even though he says like, oh, it's not that weird, he still follows up and calls her at the hot, yeah, at the hospital. Mm-hmm. So he calls her there and then the secretary's like, she's not here. I haven't seen her all day. But sometimes she doesn't come to the office at all when she has to teach on Mondays. Like she'll just go home right after teaching. And so he's like, okay, that makes sense. Like, maybe she's just, I just caught her in between or like she's out doing errands or whatever. Anyway, 
he doesn't really think much of it. So that night when he gets off work, he like goes to the UPS store and he drops, I think he picks up some laundry. So he does, he takes his time coming home. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then when he rolls into the garage, Sherry's car was gone. So he was like, oh, okay. So she went out. But the closer he got to the house, he started noticing a few things that were weird. There was glass on the floor near the house. And then when he got inside, the living room door was ajar. A few more steps in, and then he saw his bride's body splayed out on the living room floor. Oh, man. Mm. Still in her uh, camisole and bathrobe, Sherry's face and body had been beaten, and there was uh, around three feet of blood pulled around her. She had been shot. From what John could tell, that she had been shot at least once. So John reached over and tried to check for a pulse, but he only touched very cold, unreactive skin. John called the police and ran outside. Homicide detective Lyle Mayer took on the case. The crime scene showed signs of a long struggle. Chairs, drawers, and shelves were turned over. Uh, The wires from electronics were pulled out. A blanket was shown to have been used to muffle the sound of the gunshots. At the base of the stairs, a CD and VCR had been stacked, and there was blood smeared on them. So they they had been stacked like somebody was trying to, uh, like getting ready to take them outside. Right. But just left there. Oh, okay. And then the glass that John had noticed on his way in came from the balcony upstairs from the balcony's sliding glass door because they had been shattered. Hmm. Forensics gathered evidence samples, and the, including the pieces of a concrete vase that had been shattered over Sherry's head. They even got cast and swabs from a bite Sherry had received on her arm by her attacker. A bite? Jesus bite. Christ, man. This bitch yeah. went nuts. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a level of hate. Yeah. At first glance, the only item that seemed to be missing was Sherry's silver BMW. Based on what he saw, Detective Mayer was convinced that he had a botched robbery on his hands. Sherry, he thought, must have surprised the thieves and they had taken her down in a panicked, prolonged struggle before taking off with her car. John was inconsolable. He told the police that he couldn't think of a single problem they were having. (laughs) (laughs) That they had just gotten married and everything was going great. I'm sorry, I don't know what happened. I don't know what's going on, but I was dead. Like, you're weak. (laughs) Stop it. Probably. No, it's not because he's sensitive. They can just see it in him. (laughs) So... I mean, the detective, detective mayor, like, believed John mm. and was like, you know, after investigating him him a little further, he was like, well, this guy didn't do it. Probably because he was like, this guy couldn't do it. Yeah, this guy couldn't do it. Why? Well, he's far too weak. <laughs> Look at him. It was like, it was probably raining and he was like, I'm sore from the rain. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 
He seems like he would be the type of guy who, like, his wife was just murdered and he's like, I have skis in the garage. What's going to happen to my skis? <laughs> so after Detective Mayor cleared him, that was that eliminated the only other theory that was possible, Mayor thought, besides the robbery. John's father had to break the news to Sherry's parents the next day. Nels and Loretta lived in Tucson, Arizona, and had a phone call with Detective Mayor where one of the first things Nels asked was if he had checked, with, checked out John's ex, mm-hmm. the lady cop, as a suspect. Mayor was not wavering from his botched robbery theory. He quickly became annoyed every time Nels tried to give him more information about why he should check out this lady cop. Until he finally told the grieving father that he watched too many cop shows and to move on. Typical. Mm-hmm. Besides, John denied the stories that <gasps> Nels told the detective. He did? He did. He said if there was anything so crazy and wild as an ex confronting Sherry at her work site, there's no way she would not have told him about it. Well, she probably was getting sick of him, uh, you know, negating what she was saying. Yeah, he's downplaying yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah, he's downplaying. So she's like, I, there's no point in me telling him stuff now because he's just going to tell me that, you know, oh, don't worry about it. Just let, leave her be, you know. Exactly. Oh, what a weak fucking. Yep, dude. yep, yep. John also said that Sherry had told him about some other small concerns, but not in the way that she conveyed feeling threatened. What an asshole. What? This guy's a <sighs> fucking bitch. <laughs> he's just like, it just seems to me like he's just trying to cover his tracks now. Yeah. You know? yeah. Because it's like. Super suspect. It's like, yeah. It's one of those things where, you know, you have your wife telling you over and over again that this, your ex is, is stalking her and now, you know, and she's murdered and now it looks bad. It looks bad that you, you're not, you know, you didn't take it seriously. Mm-hmm. So he, now he's like, it's got to be another explanation. It can't, Ridiculous. it can't be her. It can't be this ex that was stalking her for so long. Yeah. No, not at all. She never, she never said she was scared. <laughs> like if she would have said, John, I am scared. Then I would have been like, okay, I mean, well, let's move. Let's move to the boo. <laughs> the boo. Yeah. We can get out of here. It'll be out of yeah. your jurisdiction. Yeah, we don't need to be in Venice so long. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. far from the water anyway. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, need, you know I love to get my surf on. Yeah, it's actually better for the skis if they're near closer to the ocean. <laughs> yeah, exactly, babe. Uh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Then, also, a couple of days after the murder, it was discovered, probably by John, that their marriage license was the only thing missing from the home. What? Yes. Sherry's car was found a week later, abandoned in another part of Van Nuys, with the keys still in the ignition. Hmm. The police recovered fingerprints, hair, and a spot of blood. Still building on his theft theory, Mayor questioned the neighbors and checked other reports of crime in the area, and he felt that he had a lead by following two robberies that had happened recently. This cop sucks. <laughs> yeah, he sucks. In both cases, a woman was held at gunpoint. So that was his that was his growing theory. Brilliant. 
Mayor estimated from the crime scene that a struggle took an hour and a half. And Nels was like, how could it have my daughter fought off two men with a gun for so long? Uh, even Myers's partner, Hooks, contended that the bite mark pointed to a woman as women are biters. Um, Hooks is a character in Police Academy. <laughs> really? She's the short black one <laughs> who talks real quiet. But she, did she, did she scream? <laughs> <laughs> this Police Academy is just a real movie. That's why it's always on our minds. She's like, um, if you pay attention, you realize that the the bite is usually consistent from a female agitator. It's <laughs> 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 a lady cop. <laughs> and he was like, you don't know what you're talking about, Hooks. Uh, Stephanie Lazarus was even questioned on the phone. And it doesn't say if it was by Meyer, Mayor, Meyer, I think it actually is, or by Hooks. Hmm. I'm going to guess it was by Meyer. Yeah. Uh, so it was a quick call. But no record of the interview exists. Myers was too busy trying to figure out who the thieves were, the, the two the two thieves <laughs> that had clearly committed the crime. The suspects were two unidentified Latino men. Of course they were. <laughs> you know what I would love? You know what I would love? And I, I feel like if any police officers are listening to this, just start arresting random white people. You know, just like just, that'd be really just nice, to, just to freshen it up a bit, I a mean, little bit. You know, be yeah, yeah. Like just start like being like, we we feel like the the people who uh, robbed this house that was, you know, clearly being stalked by a white female police officer uh, were two average looking white men. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like let's just go that route. Yeah, just try it. It'd be fun. You know? It'd be Stop fun. the white men at the at the bus stop. Just yeah. a little more. Just, just like spread the persecution around. Yeah. And then you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a common enemy. Stop them on their way to work. <laughs> yeah, because we know for a fact that you guys just can't help but profile and harass people. So just like you know, just like every you know, just throw it out there to white people. Sometimes. Yeah. Look for men and loafers. Yeah. You 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 got that police officer listener? <laughs> I bet what. Wouldn't it be funny if there's just one random police officer who's like, okay. <laughs> just like, yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> sure. Uh, I would love it. So, unfortunately, Mayor was never able to catch those two brown bandits. <laughs> brown bandits. I, the brown bandits. I love it. The case began. I also love the idea of like just how they're putting it together of like this, these two Latino men who broke into this house to steal a wedding license. Yeah. For what? And a car. And a car that they then left somewhere else in Van Nuys. Yeah. They didn't take it to they didn't take it to be, you know, a chop a chop a chop shop or anything. Mm -hmm. They just wanted a joyride for it in a little bit. But that marriage license I want to take this marriage license. I like this stupid lady. (laughs) It is for us. It is for us. Leave the car. (laughs) Stupid car. (laughs) Okay, so the the case began to go cold. Sherry's parents continued to call the LAPD and insist they look into the lady cop, and they continued to be dismissed. They put out an award of $10,000 for any information leading to an arrest. 
and they even worked with a TV show to do a segment on Sherry's case. When, the DNA, when DNA testing was made more widely available, Nels even tried offering to pay for the tests, and he found a lab that would do it, but the LAPD, uh, the LAPD refused. They kept telling him that, it wouldn't, that DNA testing wouldn't do him any good without a suspect anyway. Despite, of course, Nels' protests that the main suspect was probably in their very office. Still, nothing happened, and a year and a half after the murder, an update was made to the file. John called to verify that him and Stephanie used to be a couple. A year and a half (laughs) fucking later? (laughs) Oh my god, what a fucking... I don't know why. I have to do a Minnesota accent. It's like, hey, guys, um, look, jeez, uh, oh, this is, uh, you know, this is a real uh, ticking time bomb here. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, time uh, bomb. I, uh, I just I can't. Uh, it's a telltale heart. I can't stop <laughs> lying about this. Stephanie and I were in a romantic, sexual, physical relationship um oh this is john oh you don't know who john this is sorry sorry yeah sorry oh i should call like the oh i called 911 okay so i shouldn't call 911 okay all right okay you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna get back in touch uh i got some things to do i gotta rock some skis uh i will call back later later okay all right bye that was it that was the only update made to the file (laughs) then 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 Two years after that, in 89, John contacted Meyer again because he wanted to find out and make sure that Stephanie was not a suspect. Three and a half years later. Yeah, because he was going on a trip to Hawaii with Stephanie. (gasps) And he just wanted to be sure that she was totally cleared. I think he was in on it. I think so, too. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You can't be that fucking naive and dumb. <laughs> or maybe can you be? Because, no, no. I mean, I would just, I would just, <laughs> I don't know. He's also the kind of person that would just be like, if hey, she's not around anymore because someone took care of business. Um, <laughs> he's like, what does that mean? He's an idiot. Fuck him. <laughs> so, May- Meyer, Mayer, I still can't tell which one John it Mayer. is. <laughs> Detective Lyle. Detective Lyle soothed the widower and told him that the lady cop had never been a real suspect in the first place. Ah, don't worry, John. She's cream of the crop, buddy. You have a good time. Oh, now. good. Oh, well, thanks. We will. Yeah, we're gonna be. Uh, we're gonna be sun suns out, guns out. You know. Sounds good. <laughs> so, uh, Sounds good. Yeah, it'll be great. I uh, I have a weak must upper body. So. All right. Bye, everyone. A few years after that, John remarried, but not Stephanie. Oh. And he started a family. Stephanie got married, too, to a fellow cop. <laughs> really? Yeah. They did so, not. Yeah. I got to be honest with you. It's like, what, Stephanie, what's the deal? Like, you know, you, you kill a woman to take away the the possibility yeah. and and get back together with him and then you don't seal the deal yeah 
Does know? I agree? I agree with both cat your your conclusion or your question and Cash's conclusion of like he was in on it. Mm-hmm. He knew something. He definitely knew something. Yeah, he did. Um, and yeah, I don't get it. Like, why do you like do the like the full blown thing and like you know kill John? Like you know yeah, just good. You know, if you're gonna kill Sherry, I guess do the crazy like fatal attraction thing. Yeah, just go through with it. <laughs> Here's my, this just flashed in my head, is that she's on the trip to Maui, right? And she looks across from him and she's just like, yes, I am not as attracted to you as I thought I was. Yep. Yeah, he's all pasty oh. and like sad. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, can you imagine like him whining about carrying the umbrella to the sand? Like yeah, that case. And she's like a strong cop, you know? Yeah, she's like, yeah. I have the murderer's remorse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's got that oh, little. Oh, I wish that's. <laughs> yeah. The little strip of of sunblock on his nose yeah. only, and like a. Yeah. He has the body of the of the kid from Stranger Things. It's like Arrested Development. Yeah. She's looking at him. She's like, I made a huge mistake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. In, in Jones, and then she's in like, voice. I made a terrible mistake. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like you know what john i think we should just be friends and he like knowing what she did is like ah okay uh i mean yeah. i wanted to be friends to begin with so i don't know why you went through all this trouble He's and so she's weak. like i don't know either <laughs> and they laugh and share my time bo- yes yes yeah. they had to yes they're in hawaii so you know mm-hmm. why not so okay so she marries a, a fellow cop. And then from the second that Stephanie had stepped out of the police academy and onto her beat, she began making a name for herself at the LAPD. She forged an admirable path within the force. She moved up from street patrol, which is what she was doing with when the whole ordeal happened, mm-hmm. to detective. Mm. And on the way, served as part of the D.A.R.E. program, which I guess is, like, great in sure. in in the, sure. in that. Moved. Then she moved to Homicide. Wow. Homicide Detective. And then she moved to Internal Affairs. Wow. Wow. This is, like, I could see, like, this is a great back. And, again, I'm, I'm so sad that this is real. Um, but this would make a very good backstory for like a true detective character or something like yeah where it's like you know this person's high up and they're doing all this stuff and somebody's just like more investigation come out that they fucking did this horrible fucking bitch thing to do (laughs) it's fucking crazy yeah i mean it's a great way to write backwards but fuck yeah also i think that like it would be kind of it's kind of like interesting you know they always say that like there's no perfect crime like every you know they're always like people can get caught and you just see stephanie going like well not all the time well and I it's mean, just like you know a wink and a nod oh she's, she's she's on the inside you know yeah she also we'll see soon did not commit a perfect crime at all she also she had the luck that mayor meyer was a complete idiot yeah Oh, yeah, for sure. She also put together the department's first ever child care program. And she initiated a child safety slash, like, ID program. And in their personal life, she had adopted a child 
and raise the girl in a loving and safe environment. I think this is one of those things where somebody does really something really horrible when they're younger, and then they're like, I'm going to live a life of goodness and make up for that thing. She's still a cop. I mean, she doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't have common sense, obviously. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She's still a yeah. cop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stephanie eventually landed a coveted position as a detective in the art theft division. A job that came with a lot of networking opportunities and connections to some of the wealthiest and notable victims of theft in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. Stephanie took up oil painting, inspired by her new line of work. This fucking bitch. Just a little sign. Yeah, just like a little fucking, a little jab. A little jab in the chest. God. What is it about, like, like just like assholes that just all of a sudden take up oil painting. Oh like, yeah, what? I don't yes. get that. Yeah, assholes are always the ones that be like, "Oh, I've taken up oil painting." Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Lots of fruits. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. God. I painted like, a shoe today. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Yeah, like Cash, you're like one of the nicest people I know. Like you're super kind. But if you told me that they're like, I think I'm taking up oil painting, I'd be like, what the fuck have you done? Yeah. Why are you, you know, like, what's taking take up oil painting? I've definitely murdered at least five people. Yeah. <laughs> it just soothes me. As all of Stephanie's hard work paid off and she achieved all of her dreams, Sherry Rasmussen's unsolved murder case collected 18 years worth of dust. That is fucking insane. In 2004, Jennifer Francis a criminalist with L.A.'s cold case homicide unit, had the file land on her desk. Fun fact, the cold case unit was fairly new, having only been around a few years after being founded in 2001. So that's 2004. Uh, and it started when murders started going down in L.A. County. And they had them resources to put towards a cold case unit to solve the unsolved ones. Mm-hmm. As she went through the file, she noticed the trail of evidence had become just as baffling as the crime itself. The crime report listed the swab was taken listed that swab that was taken from the bite mark, but it wasn't in the files. In 1993, a detective named Phil Morit signed out all of the forensic samples that might have contained a suspect's DNA. Stop it. Yeah. The reporter that did this uh, piece that this case is based off of uh, points out that this was not long after Sherry's father had requested DNA testing. So because it's normal for an officer to sign out evidence for multiple case files, like I imagine it's kind of like the system of like if you are a detective at the office and you know you need a bunch of case files from a certain thing in the archives, you can go, like, eh, but you know that, like, Phil's going today. You can be like, hey, Phil, can you sign out these for me? Absolutely. You know? So the implication with that is that Morit, who, when interviewed, said he had no recollection of signing out the evidence, um, could have done so as part of a routine, uh, as part of a routine roundup 
at the archives. Either way, the samples were signed out and disappeared. It's kind of like if there should be like a better archiving system. Oh my god, of course. For <laughs> policing <Yeah. laughs> security purposes. You know, the upsetting thing, yeah. too, is I imagine whenever they're doing this, they're questioning more at whatever, and they're just being like, hey, did you take this thing out? He's like, why are you going after cops, man? We're doing the real work out here. It's like, dude, just fucking answer the question. I know I'm making his, yeah. making this story for myself. Yeah. But I'm imagining that's what happened. So that's the truth. <laughs> it's sorry, true. continue. I'm so sorry. No, it's true. Hmm. Well, we don't know if it's true. <laughs> but it is. Feels like I don't it have sounds, any recollection of that. Yeah, it sounds plausible. That's the yeah. that's the shitty part where you, that's all he has to say. He's like, I don't remember. That might be my name on the paper, but I don't remember saying those out. Good enough. Okay. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I'll leave now. Yeah. Anyway, uh, for Jennifer, there was still the, ma- the matter of the swab because the swab was not part of the stuff that Phil had signed out. So if Morant hadn't signed it out, but it wasn't in the box that she had... Francis had the wherewithal to ask herself, did it ever leave the freezer where it was first stored? An unlikely scenario, as it had been 18 years. But she went to the coroner's office and searched the freezer by hand. Hmm. Unbelievably, they found the swab. No shit. Wow, cool. It was in a manila envelope. And it was freezer burned from, obviously, it's time up against the frozen wall so it still said rasmussen on the front but evidence is stored by number not by name and the file number had worn away for moisture and in 18 years no one wanted to go the extra step (laughs) to try to find and file it away properly under the last name Hmm. <laughs> so they just kept leaving it in the freezer. Everybody was like, that's not my problem. Sounds like LR. <laughs> I just love that they're like, it it belongs here now. This yeah, is where it is. Yeah. 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 If somebody's looking for it, they'll find it. And you know what? They did. <laughs> like the the uh wasn't there an article a couple weeks ago that they found like the arrest warrant or something for that woman that lied about Emmett Till and it was just like on the floor in the basement of the oh my god the, yeah. Uh, yeah and I they didn't were just hear like, about that that's insane yeah and so they just were like oh yeah we found this we just found we were cleaning up and we found it and it's just like well, why wasn't it filed like oh my god we didn't want it to be yeah the envelope oh, man. so I mean that's that's crazy. That's another that's another story. That's another story for sure. But so back to this one. The envelope had two small swabs inside. Uh and so Jennifer sent them off for testing in January of two thousand and five. The results didn't give her a hit on CODIS, the national database. But they did show that the bite had been by a woman. Hmm. Obviously, as we recall, the original suspects were two unidentified Latino males. But her and the other officers in the cold case unit came to the conclusion that since neither had been caught, 
It could have easily been a female thief. Since none of the notes or interviews in the case file pointed to a female suspect, they filed the unsolved homicide away again, as they just didn't have enough to pursue it further. <laughs> wow. So then later on, uh, detectives were assigned cold cases for a final review. So like this particular case is one good example where it's like, are we just going to finally file it away after cold case had their stab at it? Mm -hmm. um, they call these like thick binders of unsolved cases, murder books, and they contain detailed documentation of each case without having to go through the box. Detective Jim Nuttall went through the evidence of Sherry's case like Jennifer did six years before and noticed the same thing she did. He concluded that Mayer, the original detective, was wrong. So then him and two other detectives went through and recreated the day of the crime. Through physical evidence, they deduced that Sherry had been attacked or surprised upstairs, not downstairs. Because of the broken glass in the balcony upstairs. Right, exactly. Yeah. And there was, and also there was no evidence of forced entry on the first floor. She ran downstairs, trying to reach the panic button on the alarm, but the killer got to her first. They fought, and Sherry was able to get the assailant in a headlock and take her gun. But then the person bit Sherry's forearm to break free picked up the vase, and crashed it into Sherry's forehead. Mm -hmm. Sherry went down, and the killer shot once, and then used the blanket to muffle the sound of two more gunshots into her chest. They also saw that the blood on the VCR and the CD player that had been stacked by the stairs belonged to Sherry and was applied using a glove. Mm. So it happened after Sherry died. The police asked themselves, why would a thief do that? The robbery now seems staged, and why would anyone do that? Wow. Okay. So and real cops were born out of this <laughs> horrible, horrible. Yeah, there's a few real cops in there. Yeah, this. real cops, okay. Then they also noticed a particular, a particular note in the, in the file. When John had called to verify that Stephanie Lazarus, comma, P.O., comma, was a former girlfriend. They asked themselves, what does P.O. mean? And to them, P.O. means police officer. Mm -hmm. So they went and asked John about it, who told them that they already knew about Nels' theory about the lady cop. But none of that stuff was really in the file in the first place. So no, they didn't know about it. Then, Nuttall, then the detectives contacted Nels, Sherry's father, mm -hmm. who gave them all the information again. But it was super frustrating because it's like, how many times do I have to tell you guys this? Once they learned about Stephanie, they opened up an investigation targeting her, but they had to do it covertly because they didn't want her to find out about the investigation or even her department, I think, to find out mm -hmm. about the investigation. After all, she worked directly across the hall from the same downtown LA police building Nuttall was working from. The art, the art theft office was just right there. Oh, God. 
<laughs> oh, my J's. So, uh, my G's. During the investigation, the detectives discovered that Stephanie had purchased a gun shortly after graduating the academy. Most police officers did so, possessing both an on-duty weapon and an off-duty weapon. The gun was a thirty-eight, which was the same type that killed Sherry. Stephanie had reported the gun missing due to a car break-in in March of 1986 to the Santa Monica police, which was a few weeks after the murder. They obtained Stephanie's DNA covertly by following her to a Costco and grabbing the cup and straw she discarded while they followed her. These guys are good cops. Good cops. These guys are good cops. Now they have a few cops working with them. It's not all in its internal affairs. Mm -hmm. So then in in two days, they had a match. And there was a 1.7 in sextillion match that the DNA belonged to Stephanie. Obviously, it's a match. Okay. Police then had to figure out how to get her under custody and under arrest. So on the following Monday, officers went to Sherry and told her they caught a suspect over the weekend who claimed to have information on one of her art theft investigations. Ha <laughs> ha, yeah. Fuck yeah, this is cool. It's a good movie. It's yeah. a good movie. They led her down to the interrogation room where every police officer had to check their weapon before entering mm. so they could disarm her. Mm -hmm. Ooh. This is good. I'm fucking on the edge of my seat with this movie right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because remember, Sherry has a temper. Uh-huh. And everybody in the department knows it. So, Lazarus assumed nothing. It was She just figured it was another follow-up to a case of hers. Mm -hmm. Why would anything be wrong? In her long career... She had never even once had so much as a disciplinary hearing. Once in the interrogation room, the detectives sat across from her, leaving the chair normally reserved for, for the interrogatee. Detectives started, ask, started by asking Stephanie if she knew John Rutten, which they mispronounced on purpose at first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love these guys. Fun detectives. They kept saying Rudin, and then she was like, "Do you mean Rutten?" What followed? Yeah, sorry, Rutten. Sorry. Yeah. Do you know him? You can find the entire, not the entire, but a good chunk of the transcribed interview uh, or interrogation online. But what happened, or what followed, was basically a two-hour dance between her and the detectives. The detectives explained that they had come across Sherry's file as part of a routine follow-up and that Stephanie's name had appeared in some of the notes. So they just wanted to know if she knew John at all and his wife. Stephanie began by claiming she couldn't even remember John's wife's name. <laughs> she couldn't even remember if she had ever met her. She wasn't sure. Maybe? Oh, gosh. I want to say she has eyes. Uh, I think <laughs> I'm going to say brownish. When they asked her if someone had ever questioned her uh, about the murder, she at first said no. But then she must have remembered that there might be a record of it. Hmm. And she said that, yeah, she recalls being asked about it briefly. They asked if she had ever fought with Sherry. And she said, no, of course not. 
She doesn't remember anything like that. And like she wouldn't remember something like that. Right, guys? <laughs> she kept yeah. going between like being like they would question her and then she would like answer something kind of. And then she would be like, you know, so I just love being a cop. Like she just kept doing like cop talk. Love being a Try, cop. Trying to be a cop with the cops. Trying to be one of the boys. Love it. Uh kind of thing. Love being a cop. Being a cop is great. Am I right? Am I right? She started getting just a tad more defensive. So it's been like an hour now. An hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know what? It just doesn't sound familiar. What are they saying? What are they saying? So that I fought with her? So I must have killed her? I mean, come on. Yeah, she spent too much time away from this shit. She's like, I already I already beat this. I'm not going back. Mm-hmm. Idiot. The police again said that they were just identifying and clearing suspects. But Stephanie had had it. And there was also a weird thing to say because at first she was like, at first she was like, oh, no, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I ever met her. I can't remember her name. And then it became like, oh, I met her, met her once or twice. And then it became, no, we we didn't fight. And then it became uh, that she started talking to her to tell her that, like, you know, John had been hitting on her. And that if they were going to be married, that, you know, she should talk to, Cherry should, like, check her boy. <laughs> she, just, she just went to, like, go tell her that, you know? Mm-hmm. And then she's like, oh, so if I fought with her, I killed her? So it's like, well... Then you did fight with her? I love so it. So she really just, it only took two hours, which I thought was impressive. Because she's it, been yeah. a cop for a long time. It's 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 partially the fact that she's an idiot, but I think she was an idiot. But I think it's really about the fact that these cops were just like, they're on point. Yeah. Like you, the other day we were talking about how much we like, we like cop shows, but it's like, we don't like cops because in actuality there's just a lot of shady shit happening but the idea of cops is great and this is the idea of cops <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is great yeah yeah it's that ego mm-hmm. that i love and then it's like a cop who's smart enough to know to like put the noose around the neck and just slowly tighten like just right. keep tightening tight until it's on and you don't even realize that you've now just admitted to a string of things that you never thought you would admit to. Yeah, it's on. So, yeah. It's on and you've you've taken a step forward. Yeah. 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 And it's you're so <laughs> egotistical that you just keep thinking, "Oh, I can explain I can explain this. Oh, I can explain this." <laughs> and it's just like, "Oh, man." So, Stephanie's at it. Okay, at this point she's like, "I I feel like you guys are accusing me of something." So, that's it. I'm done until I can have a lawyer. Is she's is she she's like, "Am I under arrest?" And they're like, "No." No, 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 no. You can leave. She's like, I'm leaving. Okay. She gets out to the hall and is arrested. <laughs> I love it. I love these fucking guys. <laughs> I love it. Oh, you're fine. You can go. I, well, bet that, they did I, that. I thought I was fine. Oh, yeah. I bet they Never did that speaking. thing where like there was an officer in the hall in front of her and she goes, oh, I'll just go this way. And she turned around. There's an yeah. officer behind her. <laughs> Yeah. And she's like, oh, yes. shit. She's like, Pee yeah. Herman surrounded by the bikers. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, no. That's not <laughs> exactly. a good Pee Herman. <laughs> At the trial, the prosecution presented their physical and DNA evidence in the case. Uh, when John testified, 
he had to admit that he had slept with Stephanie at least once after being engaged to Sherry. You fucking... Oh, my God. The last time he says that it happened was right after... Yeah, right after they got engaged. That's the last time he says it happened. Bullshit. That means it happened five more times. Yeah. John testified that Stephanie was sad, but he never thought that she would ever be capable of murdering Sherry. He had, at some point on the timeline, John had told the police the same thing. Like, okay, so we did sleep together after like college and also after I was engaged to another woman. But that doesn't mean that she, <laughs> doesn't mean that, she, that Stephanie could have killed somebody. Cops just hanging back watching him dig the hole. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, of course. But nobody ever followed up with John. No, all these little notes and nobody was ever like, okay. So there is clearly, obviously we could tell from all of this evidence that there is a cover up here. You know, nobody ever wanted to bother checking up on their colleague. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, they were, they definitely circled the wagons and yeah, protected her. Mm-hmm. Stephanie's defense lawyer tried to paint the whole theory as ludicrous. Why would Stephanie, a successful, independent woman, be obsessed with John to the point of killing his wife? She wasn't even still in contact with him all those years later. She had raised a family. Won numerous accolades, all on her own, all on her own, and without John in the picture. But the jury took just over one day to reach a verdict. She was found guilty of the murder of Sherry Rasmussen. Fantastic. She was sentenced to twenty-seven years to life at the state penitentiary. Good. And she currently resides at the California Institution for Women, and will be eligible for parole. In October of 2023. It ain't gonna really? happen. It ain't gonna happen. I mean, I don't know. No, maybe I think it'll happen. She's, let him out. Yeah. But she's she's living her worst life. I'll say that. Years yeah. on top in the fucking, you know, the luxurious position that she was in. With all the yeah. connections and shit. And now you're a cop and you gotta go to jail in California? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> Seeing it out loud, I'm like, that oh, sucks. She could be in that Lazarus effect. <laughs> a lot of- Is that like the butterfly effect? If she's just going to like go yeah. back <laughs> in time and not have it happen? Oh, I thought, well, yeah, that's better. I was referring to earlier when we were talking about orgasms. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. She's doing that in jail for sure. But here's the kicker. If she gets out in 2023, which I think she will, she would have served 11 years which is nearly half the time that Sherry's file went unnoticed on a shelf. So she didn't get away with murder, but she kind of got away with murder. She kind of got away with murder. Because she's going to get out because they're going to be like, well, she's a cop. The longer she's in the system, like, you know, the more persecuted she's going to be by other criminals or whatever. Or maybe she's just living her best life in a prison. Maybe she's part of a prison gang. I don't know. But either way, either way, justice was not fucking served. Yeah, it it wasn't served. It makes a good movie, but it wasn't served. No, you had this woman who, you know, she was, she wanted to do something with her life. She wanted to help people. And who knows the lives she could have saved and the people she could have helped. And, you know. Yeah. And Stephanie lived a full life. 
by taking yeah. and, oh. and for no reason. It wasn't even by taking hers. It was inconsequential. Yeah. She could have just let her live. Yeah, bitch, yeah. she had nothing to do. Like Yeah. That marriage wouldn't have lasted. Exactly. Exactly. John sucks. Yeah. Ugh. Is, is John still out there? John's still out here. Fuck you, John. Well, I don't know if he's in California, but he's still out and about. Let's find him. He okay. has a whole family. Yes. And I'm sure that oh his daughters are like, man, you suck. Yeah. <laughs> You're in the process by marrying lame-ass dudes. Yeah. <laughs> All righty, everybody. Well, we hope <laughs> we hope you've we've filled your heart with rage for the cops some more. Yeah. Um, no, there was a lot of good cops in this story. That's yeah, kind of the really crazy were. thing about this story, where it's like, there's really bad cops in this story. Yeah. Yeah. Both, like, evil cops, uh, dumb Cops, yeah. <laughs> dumb cops, negligent cops, negligent cops, and then some great, really good cops, fantastic cops. Yeah. Well, it, it, but it, see, the thing that's so frustrating is they're not even like great cops; they're just doing their jobs. You it's, know, it's like well, it's like you do your job. You know, no, no. no, no. Yeah, well, yeah. if you could say that about anything, I could say like you're not even a great doctor; you're just doing your job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, ultimately, you can be a very good police officer. You have the means and you have the ability. And if you do it, I mean, as much as I believe in the in bad cops, because that's my main experience, my main you know experience, I believe yeah. in the fact that you can be a good cop. You can. Yeah. Oh yeah. I and mean, these these guys these guys went above and beyond, and they fucking they went after one of their own, and that speaks volumes. You blow past the fucking blue wall. I think that's great. It took so long. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, great for I them, know. but it took so long. Yeah, once they it got their hands long. on it, though, they did it, though. So. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys for listening to Bloody Podcast. We'll be back soon. Bye. Bye. Have a good night. Bye.